lot of people who say that they don't believe in God. They haven't seen any proof of God's existence. Well, I think they're not looking in the right places. This is my friend Zach. Yes, same name, Zechariah. He became a father last Sunday on Father's Day. And I think this picture captures the idea of the miracle of a newborn child. We're told that today in our world, there are 350,000 of these miracles happening every day. And 2,000 years ago, the birth of a child was even more miraculous because there was no sense of medicine. Many children did not survive the birthing process. There were no neonatal ICUs for premature babies. So every child was seen as a miracle. And John the Baptist, well, that was one of the most miraculous births. We all know about his mother Elizabeth being beyond childbearing years before there were fertility clinics. But we don't hear this story of Zechariah as much. Now, as a priest, a Levite priest... Zechariah would go to Jerusalem twice a year to serve, and they would cast lots. Those who had never been able to offer the incense offering would cast lots, and one person would be chosen who had never done it. So this was the high honor that Zechariah was receiving in his life, to be the priest to offer the incense. And at this holiest moment, he goes into the sanctuary, and the angel Gabriel appears to him and says, your prayers have been answered. And he doesn't believe it. But he's struck mute. And then he comes out from the sanctuary. He's expected to lead the priestly blessing in front of all the people waiting. And he cannot complete his job. Everybody knew that this child was a special child. And it's no wonder they said, what will this child be? And probably the most amazing thing was the part that nobody knew about was that Gabriel had appeared because the only one who saw it was Zechariah and he couldn't talk about it. And Zechariah said, this child will turn hearts of the people of Israel toward their children. And Jesus later on says that of those born of women, none had been greater than John the Baptist. But things are a little different today. We have that expectation of every child. We ask of any child born, what will this child be? in a way that they did not ask 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, people in Judea did not croon to their children in their cribs, someday you can grow up to be emperor. You were expected to go into the same trade as your parents, to live your whole life in the same village, if not, maybe even the same house that your parents were in. But today, we tell our children, You can travel to exotic lands. You can become president. You can win a Nobel Prize. And that is very different than how it was back then. And part of the reason, bear with me here, but I would argue part of the reason that we have that today is because of the message that John the Baptist himself proclaimed. Christianity really was radical in saying everyone has 
full dignity as a member of the body of Christ. Think about some of those early martyrs. I'm thinking of Lucy and Agnes in particular. These were young ladies who said, I will not be treated as an object. I will not be forced to marry someone I do not like. I will not, that is not my life. I have a greater dignity than that. Think about St. Paul saying that in Christ, there is no slave or free, no Jew or Greek. And Jesus himself, after saying that John the Baptist was the greatest ever born of a woman, said that anyone in the kingdom of God is greater than John. We are not victims of circumstance. We believe that we are born in the Spirit, that we each have the God-given potential to grow in grace and holiness. That being said, I do want to acknowledge something that's going on in our country, in our church right now. We are in the midst of this fortnight for freedom. You heard, some of you, the letter from the bishop last week. And our parish, our church in this country, and our nation is very divided on what to do. We have a lot of disagreement. It's hard to even talk about without sounding like you're taking a side. I will try to be as objective as possible, just to make sure we're all talking about the same thing. We're talking about the health and human services mandate that is saying that all employers must provide health care that offers free artificial contraception to all people, and that some people say that some of those contraceptives are even abortifacients. Now, it is an incredibly complicated policy issue. And part of that is because it has so many things interconnected with it. Some people hear about this and they say, this is a political issue. Some people say this is a gender issue. Well, it also deals with sexuality. It deals with the relation of church and state. The question of how we are to form our consciences. But with any issue that has the possibility of dividing us, we do ourselves a disservice if we start by talking about our differences. I would argue that everybody involved in this debate has the same core value at heart which is that every person has the God-given potential to grow in grace and holiness. What we're arguing about is what's the best way to guarantee that potential of flourishing for everyone. One thing is clear, that we are like John the Baptist, who it was said in the first reading that he would be a light to the nations, And that we, like him, are to be instruments so that salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. God calls each of us to be active agents of reconciliation. So, before we argue, as we debate, let us continue to pray to pray that we can listen to others in our homes, others in our parish, others in our church, and in our nation who may disagree with us. Pray that we can find the best way forward to care for all, to help all to flourish. And no matter what our disagreements, we can still pray for unity and charity.
We can pray that we, like Gabriel had said of John the Baptist, will turn our hearts towards one another. I don't know if you know this, but there are several Eucharistic prayers from which we can choose from to pray at Mass. Today, we will offer one of the Eucharistic prayers written specifically for the need for reconciliation in our world.